Father, we thank you that you've given us opportunity uh, this morning to, to worship together through the means of this stream and live feed. We're thankful for the technology that provides for us to be able to communicate together and more importantly to be pointed our hearts heavenward to worship you and to honor you in spirit and in truth, realizing that this is a Sunday of joy. This is a Sunday that we celebrate that, that joy to the world, the Lord has come and what all that means to our lives. We celebrate and we anticipate in all of the Christmas celebration but what happens afterwards is the rejoicing as it, it reminds us of how Christ is alive, alive within our hearts as we understand that he is our Savior, he is our friend, he is our provider. We thank you for the gift of Jesus, and we thank you for the gift of joy that each of us experience because he is alive within our hearts. Bless all those that are listening in. Bless all those who are in need of care those who may be sick and not feeling well this day, that you surround them with your presence and the angels will attend to each and every one. And Father, we, we look to you because we know you're in control of this world. You're in control of our lives. And we praise your holy name because you are our Abba Father. In your name that we pray. Amen. Was filled with his praises One day when sin was as black as could be Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin Dwelt among men, my example is he The word became flesh And the light shined among us His glory revealed Living he loved me Sins far away, rising he justified freely forever. One day he's coming, oh glorious day, oh glorious day. One day the grave could conceal him no longer. One day the stone. Then he arose over death he had conquered Now he ascended, my Lord, evermore Death could not hold him The grave could not keep him From rising again Living he loved me Dying he saved me Buried he carried My sins far away Freely forever One day he's coming Oh glorious day Oh glorious day One day the trumpet will sound For his coming One day the skies with his glory Savior Jesus is mine. Living, He loved me. Dying, He saved me. Buried, He carried my sins far away. Right 
Well, guys, we know that the feed is giving us a little bit of trouble. It's just one of those things that Facebook is not allowing sometimes the music to be played anymore, and it started with Christmas Eve service and it's affecting many churches. If for some reason the feed does get cut again, uh, Dan and Doug will try to reload as quickly as possible. We are recording the service, so if that happens, we can repost it later uh, and, and try to get it back up. So sorry about that. It's out of our control. And hopefully, hopefully the Lord will prevail through this and we can get the message out to you. But again, God bless you for being with us today. And the message is entitled, Joy to the World. Joy to the World is found in Isaiah chapter 9 in verses 2 through 7. And in that scripture, it says this in verse 9, I mean verse 2 of chapter 9. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased its joy. The people have rejoiced before you. And as they rejoice at the harvest time, and as they rejoice when dividing spoils. For you have shattered their burdensome yoke, and the rod on their shoulders, and the staff of their oppressor, just as you did on the day of Midian. For the trampling boot of battle, and the bloodied garments of war will be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. The dominion will be vast. Its prosperity will never end. He will reign on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and sustain it with justice and righteousness. For now, on and forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. God's missionary heart reflects the glory of God, and yet it is active in and through the people who serve Christ every day. That's why when you meet someone who's a fellow believer, and all of a sudden your spirit connects to theirs, it's because the missionary heart of God has been transplanted into that person as well as you, and the two hearts meet, much like when Elizabeth and Mary met, and the two babies responded to each other because of the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's the Holy Spirit alive and work in each of our lives. Think for a moment, light penetrating darkness. Think for a mirror that reflects light into a dark room. Think of a flashlight shining in a dark cave. God's missionary heart involves carrying his light into the dark world. This sermon focuses on God's heart for personal transformation. Transformation because of the great light that has been birthed into all the world. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. That's what Christmas is about. That's why we celebrate. That's why we, we enjoy the afterwards of Christmas as much as the celebration anticipation of before. As we look at Isaiah chapter 9, there's also another verse in Isaiah 49, verses 1 through 6. In Isaiah 49, verses 1 through 6, it says, Coastlands, listen to me, distant peoples, pay attention. The Lord called me before I was born. He named me while I was in my mother's womb. He made my words like sharp sword. He hid me in the shadows of his hand. He made me like a sharpened arrow. He hid me in his quiver. He said to me, you are my servant, Israel. 
I will be glorified in them. But myself, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing and futility. Yet my vindication is with the Lord. My reward is with my God. And now says the Lord who formed me from my womb to be his servant to bring Jacob back to him so that Israel might be gathered to him. For I am honored in the sight of the Lord. My God is my strength. And he says, it is not enough for you to be my servant, raising up the tribes of Jacob and restoring the protected ones of Israel. I will also make you a light for the nations to be my salvation to the ends of the earth. And so we're talking about light that penetrates darkness. When you and I give our heart to Christ, the darkness in our life is being penetrated with the light of God that has been birthed for the world and on his shoulders is the vastness of the entire world and he can penetrate the world through each individual because of the light he gives us and he snuffs out the darkness in our life. Darkness represents sin, light represents purity and salvation. So how does Christmas warm the heart? How does our heart remain warm because of Christmas that we celebrate? When I was a young boy, our family traveled to the Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina and on over to the Great Smoky Mountains in Tennessee. My father, my mother, my brother, and my sister, we would arrive in a season of summer joy, of vacation. Tour places, you know, tour the places like Linville Falls over on the, the east side of, or the north side of the Asheville area. And then we could travel through the Blue Ridge Parkway up to Mount Mitchell and yet the highest peak of the Mississippi River. And yet on the other, another adventure would be even at night, the dark mountains would light the, the hillside with lights. It was so fascinating as if the shooting lights were penetrating into the dark night as you rode around the mountains. The mountain lights can be mesmerizing like blinking lights are to a child who's outside looking at the light of fireflies flying around. Isaiah preaches in a time of darkness, and yet he's much like a firefly in the midst of darkness, shining the light to all of the people who are apparent in a hopeless situation. Christmas comes with the anticipation of Christmas lights. It comes with all our decorations. It comes with all the hope and the glory, and we realize that Christmas overpowers evil. And yet the, the aura of Christ penetrates the gloom of the darkness and replaces it with the light of joy. And that light of joy penetrates our heart. That's why we can together say, joy to the world, the Lord has come. Because Isaiah, as well as many of the gospel writers, declare Christ's light and declares Christ's hope for all the world. For each individual who says, yes, I want to know who this baby Jesus is. And we understand he becomes our Messiah. Our chains are removed. We are released from the bondage and we understand the gift of salvation that is given to us. So how does Christmas warm the heart? First of all, light overshadows darkness. Isaiah anticipated God's light that would come to the people. He anticipated what would happen. He preached in a time of gloom because of the false prophets, the sin, the downward spiral that was happening morally. Isaiah, the son of Amos, rebuked God's people. He rebuked Israel. 
And in a time of darkness, in a time of faithlessness, in a time of hopelessness, Isaiah proclaimed the hope of light. And yet he pointed to that prophecy that comes true that was recorded and we've read all throughout the Christmas season. You've revisited, you've heard it through music in Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. The coming of Jesus. Like a mountain wanderer searching for mountain lights, a people today are searching for God's light. They search for hope. They search for, for help in the midst of struggle whether it's within their marriage, their home, their finances, their personal despair, or a family tragedy. Isaiah delivers the hope of the good news in Jesus Christ as a prophecy that was foretold and yet came true, recorded all in the New Testament, 800 or so years prior to that. Amazing. The people who have walked in darkness see the great light. And under what circumstances... Does light overcome the darkness? We said light overshadows the darkness, but how does that light overcome the darkness in what situations and circumstances? First of all, it is because of the world turmoil. You know, every, every culture and every century and every nation on the face of this earth, on this earth has faced some type of turmoil. You know, not necessarily in world wars, but we all understand the turmoil that can happen. Isaiah's message is both universal and very timely. The world of today is in turmoil. From war to corporate battles and business to family squabbles to disease that has affected the entire world. The world is filled sometimes with chaos and turmoil. Well, light overcomes and penetrates the world of turmoil. God is in control. Also, second of all, light overcomes darkness even in the midst of national unrest. Isaiah's, Isaiah's day swirled with a national unrest. Not only were nations at war against one another, were filled with internal unrest. This caused sleepless nights of leaders, uncertain feelings in those who lived in nations and longing for peace. So, we understand light can penetrate the unrest, even the unrest of our own soul, soil at night when we're trying to capture sleep. Third of all, personal sin. As we know, Isaiah and Jeremiah lived in a day in which the people of Israel were being very disobedient to God. And those two prophets continued to preach and continued to stay faithful to get the people to turn back Isaiah's day found people living in the darkness of their own sin. And sin stays in the corners, the dark places, and hurts the missionary and loving heart of God. And Isaiah proclaimed the good news to those who dwell in the shadow of death, a light will come. Christ's missionary heart overpowers the darkness in the world among nations and among every human heart. And so what happens when you walk into the manger and you understand this prophecy that Isaiah preached, you walk into the manger, you realize that the light of God has been birthed to the world and you're no longer captured by the darkness. You're now stepping into the light and accepting what God has given to you and is the salvation. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. So when you understand how does Christmas warm the heart, we said light overshadows darkness. But second of all, how does, 
How does Christmas warm the heart? Because gladness overtakes sorrow. You see, in Isaiah chapter 9, in verse 1, he mentions two words, gloom and oppression. Isaiah's simple word is this, gloom and oppression do not have to stay. God comes in splendor. He comes in the simplicity of human flesh in the person of Christ to take away the gloom, to take away the injustice, to take away the oppression. And Isaiah speaks of the gladness of the same joy that Apostle Paul speaks of all throughout the book of Philippians. When Paul wrote that book in prison, he could still be joyful because he understood that God penetrated his darkness, he penetrated his gloom, he penetrated his oppression, and he saw the light and joy lived because joy to the world, the Lord has come. So what does gladness do? Let me give you two things that gladness does. First of all, gladness, I mean, this gladness that you and I receive because of the gift of God given to us in the person of Christ, bright, it brightens a dim spirit. You see, the Christ of Christmas warms the heart to a new spirit. He connects us with God's missionary heart that cares for us and loves all people. That's why I think people were mesmerized when they stepped out of the dark world into a manger where the light of God was shown so ever brilliantly and brightly. People were attracted to this baby child. They were attracted to this Christ who's the Messiah. They were attracted because there was light for them in the midst of their dark world and their dim spirit was brightened because of who God is. You see, God's missionary heart gives us a burden for those who are in gloom and oppression. That's why you have that concern as a believer about your neighbor down the road or your family member who's across the world or someone who you love and care for when they, are not, when they do not know Christ, you have the burden because you understand how light has penetrated your dark world and has given you hope and has, and has uplifted your spirit and has given you life. It has, your, your darkness has been replaced with gladness. And so he sends us out into the world one by one with the same missionary heart of God to the nations and the people who are in need, and yet we shine light in the midst of their sinful world. You see, gladness, the gladness of God. It's exciting as a child as we experience the wide-eyed wonder while watching the fireflies in the dark night. It's as almost as if we can see the fireflies. We can see the light. We can see what's going to happen when a person says yes I want Jesus. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Second of all, this gladness, we said, does two things. It brightens a dim spirit. Second of all, it creates a spirit of jubilee. You ever been to a revival meeting or a special gathering or a special Christian concert? You go in there 
and your spirit is just a little bit down. And when you, when you leave, you realize you don't really want to leave. Something has transformed. A spirit of jubilee has happened because you have connected with other hearts who already knows the Lord and your, your light has been revived. You've seen it brighter and it's almost a time of harvest and jubilee together. In Isaiah verses nine, chapter 9, verses 3 through through four, it says, you have enlarged the nation. You have increased its joy. The people have rejoiced before you. They rejoiced at harvest time, and as they rejoice, even in dividing of the spoils. I once pastured in a farming community, and the harvest time was hard work. There were certain things we could do during harvest time and certain things we could not. Because when the crops yielded their harvests, you could not expect the farmers to meet for certain meetings because they had to work from sunup to sundown. And they did that until all of that which could be harvested. It was a time of hard work. It was a time of relief. It was a time of celebration. The harvest and the jubilee which Isaiah speaks reflects a light that restores a weary spirit, a light that brings relief, a light of Christ's light which enacts a celebration. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. See, God's missionary heart inspires that joy, inspires that gladness that overtakes the sorrow. Such joy cheers us, the attitudes and the spirit of the person. It pushes aside the darkness and the sorrow surrenders to the gladness of Christ's joy because Christ's light increases joy. I firmly believe that each and every one who came to the manger did not want to leave. I believe they just wanted to stay and marvel at this child, even though they may not have completely understood what was all happening and taking place in their world. They knew something was different, yes. They knew the prophecies, yes. But as a human being, it was still hard for them to gather in their mind and heart all that had been seen and all that they experienced. Even Mary pondered all these things in her heart. Christ's light increases the joy. It gives us direction. It gives us hope. It gives us victory. It gives us, it gives us a, a new, new outlook on life. It gives us a new focus. And it gives us a new direction. It paves the dirt roads to become smooth. We understand and, and purpose comes into play because light penetrates all the confusion, all the oppression, and all the darkness and gives us joy and celebration. Again, we go back to that original question, how does Christmas warm the heart? We said that light overshadows darkness. We also said that, that gladness overtakes sorrow. But third of all, how does Christmas warm the heart? Because victory overcomes defeat. Victory overcomes defeat. Isaiah's light and hope provide a recipe for transformation and victory. When I was 15, going to 16 years old, I was in a revival meeting on a Thursday evening. I still remember that evangelist, Dr. Gary O'Sullivan, who's now passed on and with the Lord. But he preached his heart's desire, and on the conclusion of that series of meetings on that, that, that week, he shared his whole life story, and he shared his testimony. 
He shared how he went for things and how he strived to accomplish all the things of the world to replace the things that were missing his life with the materialistic things that he could buy. And then one day, God got a hold of his heart and his mind. And he shared so beautifully how he wilted before God and he gave his heart and his life to him. And I remember as a teenage boy sitting there holding on to the back of the pew to where my knuckles had turned white. And I began to tremble in my arms and my knees and my legs as an invitation was given for all those to come down to the altar to get on their knees and cry out to Abba Father. And I was one of those of many who did that did that, that evening. And I understood transformation. And I understood victory, just like Dr. Gary O'Sullivan had shared in that revival meeting. Isaiah longed for God's people to step out of the shadows of despair and to step out of their gloom. He yearned for God's people to return wholeheartedly to him. He wished in the depths of his soul for victory for their everyday life. Do you have that victory? Do you share the victory that others have? Do you shine God's light into the dark world? What does the light of God's victory do for nations and for people who serve Christ? You understand light penetrates the darkness. Light always penetrates the darkness. Darkness never can penetrate light. So what, God's, what does God's victory do? We said victory overcomes defeat, but what does that victory actually do? Number one, burdens are lifted. You know, I couldn't explain it. It's still hard for me to explain what happened on that Thursday evening back on August 16th of 1981 in a small rural church in Georgetown, South Carolina. But one thing I do know, is that I came to the altar with a heavy heart. And when I left that church that day, understanding that the burden that I had been living with as a teenager was completely lifted. Peace had surrounded me. <coughs> Peace had been given to me. And Christ transformed the person of who I am. And he's been still transforming me every day. And that's what happens and has happened to you. Through the years, I have watched as a pastor how Christ transformed a person's life. I've watched an individual who didn't even know how to, to look up Scripture become very affluent in the speaking and the quoting and the, the registering of Scripture in his life. I've watched individuals who say, I have no desire to ever be a part of the church become a, a great leader as a deacon or a Sunday school teacher, or a minister to the congregation. I've watched Christ change persons' lives and change the burdens of their heart from their dark lives as they become the shining light for all their world. Their dark lives were lifted. I have reserved the relief on people's faces who say, I understand for the first time in my life who Jesus Christ is. I have been thrilled to see God's work as their gloomy spirit 
changed to the raised eyebrows and the smiles of victory. I have observed what people say they would never understand and it becomes tears of joy streaming down their cheeks and because they understand the rivers of hope that Christ has given them and has flowed into their life because their burden has been lifted. That's what God's victory does for an individual. And that's why I think people didn't want to leave the manger because they understood their burden has been lifted. They may not have could have put it in words and they could have explained it to anybody else, but they knew what they'd experienced. And I firmly believe that they didn't want to leave because they were at a good place that they had never been before because Christ's light penetrated their dark world and they were enjoying that joy to the world, the Lord has come. Second of all, what God's victory does is oppression is removed. I've also observed the bondage of sin, the pain, and even the past removed by Christ. I've watched people with hatred spirits begin to love people with passion and desire. I've watched as a pastor through the years how someone has been so addicted to drugs and alcohol be released from that oppression and stand tall and now know what the freedom is in Christ. I've watched people unlock, see the unlocked chains that have bound them and they come to understand the amazing grace of God. You see, Christ supplies the freedom from oppression so that people can move forward in their lives and fly like an eagle and soar high and understand exactly what God has done in and through their life. I believe it's Isaiah chapter 40. I'm going by memory in Isaiah 40, verses 28 through 31. It says, Do you not know, have you not heard? Yahweh is the everlasting God, the creator of the whole earth. He never grows faint, never weary. There is no limit to his understanding. He gives strength to the weary and strengthens the powerless. Youths may faint and grow weary. Young men stumble and fall. But those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength and they will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. I remember the first time that I flew on an airplane. It was back in 1985. And we were leaving JFK International Airport, flying over to Tel Aviv, over to the land of the Holy Land. And yet, the first flight that I ever was on, I remember how my stomach sank into the seat as we had the exhilaration of a takeoff, and then the amazement happened. We reached that altitude of 32 to 34,000 feet. The plane became smooth and we were flying as a bird across the sky. It was amazing feeling, knowing that we were traveling close to five and 600 miles an hour across this vast land and body of water to eventually land eight hours later over to another part of the world. Looking back into the sky, I felt like I was the eagle that flew 
And everybody joined me as we flew like an eagle. We realized that, that Christ gives us strength. He, he lifts the burdens. He takes the oppression off of us. And we're able to flap our wings and soar as high as, as, the, wingles, as, as the eagle's wings and be renewed and yet not grow weary because he is alive in our hearts. You see, people learn to live and soar in victory that comes through the light of Jesus Christ. See, hope springs eternal. Victor Frankl in Man's Search for Meaning tells of his days in World War II death camp in prison. And he writes, the persons who lost their faith in the future has a future that was doomed. He mentions further that those who had hope increased their chances of survival the hope of seeing loved ones again, or the hope of a dream that they possess. Isaiah is trying to get the people to realize their hope is never going to die as they place their life in God's control. You see, when those who stepped into the manger, they realized everything that they could have imagined is now realized because that becomes their hope. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Isaiah speaks to the core of God's missionary heart. Those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. Christ's light secures the future of faith. His light penetrates darkness, shoving aside the gloom and removing the despair. His light supplies hope today and tomorrow. His light brings joy the joy is Christ. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. One summer on our vacation to those same mountains of North Carolina, we took a ride up the mountain. We stopped, climbed into a hole to discover a cave beneath, followed by our tour guide who held a flashlight. And at one point, he turns the lights off in the cave. And it is pitch dark, complete blackness. You couldn't even see your hand if you put it in front of your face. It was a sea of confined space of darkness. And then all of a sudden, he turns on the light. And then we follow the light as we find our way out of the dark cave. You see, God's missionary heart shines light to invite us to keep our eyes on Jesus, to follow his heart, and to pull us out of the darkness. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. That's what Christmas is about. That's why we don't have to be sad when the tree comes down and the presents are all opened and the family goes home. You see, that's just the celebration around our celebration of Christmas. But we know the true joy is not in the things surrounding Christmas. It is the meaning of Christmas, and it's Jesus. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. And if you know Christ, you understand that statement. You understand that beautiful hymn that we sing so often. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. So let me ask you this. Are you living in his light? Are you surrounded by his light? Are you asking questions today that, that no one can answer? But as you look to the eternal scripture, you realize that Christ is the answer 
to the searching heart who's looking for light in the midst of their darkness? Are you living in his light? Do you understand the missionary heart of God that calls you as light of the world to go into your dark world one person at a time, one community at a time, one place at a time, and you share the joy that you have received? I remember at the close of that revival meeting on that Thursday evening, our pastor who stood there to celebrate all those who gave their life to Christ that night. And he looked at all of us and he says, now I want you to go do one thing for me. He said, is there somebody in your life that you want to tell what has happened to you in this place today? And of course, I thought of my parents, my mom and my dad, and I'm sure all those thought of someone in their life. And the first thing I wanted to do was to go back home and tell my mom and dad, this is what has happened to me. I have discovered the light of God. You see, when the light snuffs out your darkness, the darkness will never overpower the light. Christ is the light. Joy to the world. The light has come. Joy to the world. Christ has come. Joy to the world, for he is alive in your heart. Celebrate Jesus. Don't let Christmas die. Don't let it die because the tree is going down and your presents are all opened. Celebrate Christmas every day of your life because you realize that it's about the cross and the cradle. It's about the two put together because it is a child who was born to die and it is a child who now lives as a man and it is a resurrecting power that lives in your light. That is the resurrecting light of God who shines in the midst of your dark world. So are you living in the light? If you're not, then I beg of you this day to get on your knees right there in your home and cry out to God and say, God, save me from the darkness of my life. Save me from my sin and give me the light that penetrates my darkness so that I can see the salvation that has been given to me through Christ, through his life, through his birth, his life, his death, and his resurrection. It's simple. Lord God, save me, for I am a sinner. And if you need someone to talk to, we are available. You can easily find us on the web. You can see our telephone number right there on the screen as well. Call that number. We will respond to you. We'll help you walk, walk you through whatever necessary steps. If we can't help you, we'll find somebody who can. God rejoices over every person who gives their life, gives their life to him because they will discover light in their life. Thanks be unto God. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. And joy to the world. The Lord will come in someone else's life because of who you are. Because the light will penetrate the darkness of someone else's life. Celebrate Jesus and celebrate the light. A batteries that will never go out. A light that will never be snuffed. A light that will always be seen as you come to know your salvation. Live in his light. Rejoice in his light. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for each person who has listened in to this day. And I thank you for the message that goes out this morning. Even though we know it's brief today, we celebrate all that you are and all that you've given to us. We celebrate the light of who you are in the midst of our dark world. We thank you for salvation. We thank you for freedom. We thank you for the release of oppression. We thank you for victory in the midst of defeat. 
We thank you for hope in the midst of despair. We thank you for the understanding that light is real and light is powerful and light is penetrating. And we thank you for all that you've done in our life. Help us to be the missionary heart of God to the world in which we live, to the spouses that we live with, to the children that we serve, to the neighbors that we're around, to the people we contact with as strangers and acquaintances, the places we travel and the places we go. May we be the missionary heart of God to them and be light in the midst of darkness. Thank you, God, for allowing the light to penetrate who we are so that we can understand that the joy to the world, the Lord has come. Thank you, God, for all that you are and all that we could ever experience this day. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. God bless you. Have a good day.